Sorry, uh, dinner overran. What did you have? Um, uh, my, uh, corn lamb chops. Whoa. My wife uh, decided to go veggie uh, last November. And so uh, at home, I'm along for the ride because it's it's not too bad. We've been eating a lot more varied meals since it's happened. Uh, but when I go out for pub lunches or dinners out, that's that's when the meat happens. Are you okay with that? I mean... Yeah, yeah. I've, I've drawn the line at veganism because that way right. we, we lose cheese. Well, at that point, and that, that's a step too far. Do you want to hear my gag about vegans? Go on, go on. How do you know someone's vegan? Go on. Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> And Leon, so any chance of you going vegetarian anytime soon? My God, no. I think my, my diet is like 80% meat. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no way I'm going vegetarian. I just like eating meat. I mean, I can I can kind of sympathise with the whole, oh no, I killed an animal and oh, the animals are dying and stuff. But circle of life, man. Right. It's just it's just the way it is. It's just I do I do kind of believe that people should probably like I or part of me thinks there should be like a test like when you get to like sixteen or eighteen they're like right so you've been having a free ride until now we're gonna say to the slaughterhouse <laughs> if you would like to continue eating this meat you need yeah. to kill a pig right just so yeah. you know that this is this is what goes on this is why you get to eat your lovely bacon in the morning you have to experience this and if you're cool with eating meat after that you you go for it i I kind of we're very disconnected from our food which is possibly a problem but i don't have a problem with that i'd be chopping the pig's head off straight away fine so i have actually worked in a chicken factory what really yeah it was my first ever job i was 16 years old i think it was the summer holidays and my parents lived up in norfolk so there's a fair few uh chicken factories up that way and and yeah, I, I lasted two shifts. <laughs> wow! What were you doing? Was it, that was it just the sights you saw? Was it, the... it was just, it was just pretty grim. But I, I tell you what, I didn't actually the work. It wasn't so much the work that bothered me. I mean, it was like twelve-hour shifts, which at sixteen it was a massive shot, like my first ever job. And I was plucking them and gutting them, which was pretty intense. But in the factory, you're, you're on this line and you can see the birds coming in strung up and they go through a machine and there's a kind of... <laughs> and they, they come out the other side of the machine pretty limp and then um, they go into another machine, which makes a sort of squelching sound and then they reach you with all of their guts and bits sort of hanging outside of themselves. Fantastic. And you just need to help it on its way, separate the livers from the entrails and drop them in different trays and away you go. But obviously they're still warm at this point, which is a bit bit weird um, at first. And of course, it makes the room sort of quite steamy and hazy, you know, just a bit weird and dreamlike, which is kind of not pleasant either. And if you pull at the guts in the wrong way, you kind of spill bile and shit all over yourself or, or worse, the guy next to you, which they really, really don't like. <laughs> And and yeah, I kind of woke up next morning. I said to my mum, I, I I really don't think um, I don't really don't think it's for me. She they they okay must get that. that a lot though, because it must be the kind of job where you could, if you can survive a week, then you're probably there for years. But you know, after the first shift, whether whether you want to come back or not. Exactly. It was basically a combination of university students and lifers, and then 
me. I don't think they ever anticipate someone as young as me would come along, but I just got it through a, an employment agency. But yeah, it was an eye opener. Um, it was definitely an eye opener. Could you not eat chicken? For a while after that, I got home that night. And I said, "Mum, I haven't eaten all day. What you got for me? Chicken pasta." <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome. This is a games podcast. We're, we're sadly missing Mark this month, fellas. Is this the first time we've ever done without him? I, I think it's certainly the first time I've ever podcasted without Mark. I feel slightly lost without his presence. Mm. Well, I'm not sentimental, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was worth 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 raising. Definitely. Uh, no, I, of course I do miss him. Big hello to Mark wherever he is. Deepest darkest Devon, we think. Oh, that's it. No internet. Yeah, there was his 3G connection. I thought he just said he didn't have a mic. I don't know. I don't know. Rest in peace either way. Welcome to the podcast. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you will know that every month we play a game. The winner of said game, and you could join in with us, listener, actually, uh, gets introduced last. The loser of the game gets introduced first. This month we were playing, uh, remind me of the name, Leon? Flash Flash Revolution. Flash, flash, revolution. No copyright infringement here at all. (laughs) Skirting around it tastefully, sir. (laughs) So if you've ever played Dance Dance Revolution, you'll kind of know the vibe of this game. It's all browser-based. It's great fun. Um, What's the URL, Leon? Uh, I believe it's flashflashrevolution.com. Okay, cool. I heard, yes, it is. Tons of songs on there. It's all keyboard-based. You don't get to jump on your keyboard, unfortunately. Although I suppose you probably could if you wanted to. Yeah, and if you've got lots of spare keyboards. Um, Sense a wild-ass mod coming for that. That's <laughs> or maybe you're just a disgruntled employee and you could go around and just <laughs> trash every single keyboard in the office with this game. <laughs> so anyway, the scores are in. What was the song that we played? Um, it was called Free Space FFR Edit. It's the first one when you load up the site, pretty much. Um, I first feel like one. it's like the default one. It's kind of easy, um, but it gives you a sense of what's going on. So if you want to compete against us, listener, that's the one you're after. So the scores are in. Joining me, as always, it's me, of course, with 50,000. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky there. I enjoyed this though, and I feel like I've got more in the locker, but we had to start the podcast, and um, that's my story. Anyway. It was another one of these games where everyone goes silent for five minutes from a cram in a high school right at the last second. <laughs> high pressure situation. Well, coming in second with a score of 77,000. Oh, God damn it, Thomas. 375. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is Leon Matthews. This, I chose a rhythm based game as well. This is my shit. Like. I'm, like, I am I do rhythm-based games. You even and sprung it on us last minute to give us the shortest amount of time to practice. <sighs> and that, of course, means that our winner and champion this month is James Thomas. Hello, James. Hello. How are we doing? What did he get? He, he got 90,900. Ugh. Disgusting. Pretty where, juicy. Where, where's the camaraderie then? That's supposed to be a yeah, good handshake. Well done. GG. Move on. <laughs> no, I'm like, what's his face who lost the tennis? Oh, no, he, won, <laughs> he won in the end. D- D- Dvorak, Djokovic. Djokovic. When he lost his set and he was like banging his tennis racket on his shoe. That's me. You're just smacking your keyboard against your foot. Yeah, pretty much. I think I have been cheating. I have been playing Crypt of the Necrodancer this week. So a lot of rhythm action, RPG, roguelike So uh, Sounds a lot of fun. I, I want to check it out. What, what, what 
platform you playing this on? Uh, that's on Steam at the moment, but um, it was a while ago. I was looking for something to replace, well, not replace, just uh, fill that uh, gap that Rock Band has left because it's not always space for plastic instruments in the living room. So I thought I'd check it out. And uh, yeah, it's a bizarre little twist. Played it in early access about a year ago when it was just a, a first level demo. But it's uh, it's intriguing. It's like a top-down dungeon crawler, and uh, you can only move on the beat. So you've really got to time and get into it. And each level has got uh, different songs, different tempos. So as as you go into the dungeon, it gets faster and faster. But the best thing is, you get to replace the songs with your own MP3 collection if you want. Ooh, so if you want a good. real challenge, you could have some proper hardcore techno. Or mm. as I did uh, much amusement to my friends in the office, I played it along to the Glee soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Respect fading. <laughs> Very good. What would you play it to, Leon? What would I play it to? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I'd probably play it to something ridiculously fast and hard. Um, I don't know. You quite feel, like heavy metal, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what I would. What I'd throw into it though. I'd, I'd like to say Metallica, but that's a bit. It's a bit old. And what's What's the one that's usually at the end of guitar here? Is it Dragon? Dragon? Oh, Dragon Force through the fire Dragon and flames. Force, yes. <laughs> throw that at it. <laughs> Yeah, he will be, be smoking mess by the end of it. Yeah. It's funny that you mention Rock Band because my studio is on an industrial estate here and there's just randomly a pair of Rock Band drums just sat outside a uh, car garage just what? around the corner. They've just been abandoned. Commercial garage. They seem to have been abandoned, yeah. Snap I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll see if I can get a picture and then that way that can be the, the podcast um, poster frame this month. <laughs> That's if they're there. It'll be dark by the time I leave, but if they're there in the morning, I'll definitely... How long have they been there? Uh, literally, I, uh, just just there today. So I don't know whether they've been there all weekend or... It's quite... It's, it is odd. I'm not going to lie. It's New rock band song. coming this year. Peripherals are compatible. That's a free set of drums right now. Yeah. <laughs> Save yourself 20 quid. Yeah. I, I might go and snap them up. <laughs> so guys, after E3, I, I nearly went out and bought my, myself a console. Oh, which, which way did you one. almost go? I almost went to an Xbox One. Come on. We're very, not? very close. And I I almost uh, dropped you a message, Leon, yesterday, or maybe it was Friday, just to say, look, I'm going to go for this. What what What's the game I should pick up? You know me. You know what I used to play. What should I get? And I had a big change of heart. I thought you were going to say, like, you know when, like, um, a recovering alcoholic phones a sponsor? <laughs> it's like, listen man I'm here and I'm at the till and I've got my card me down. I just Tell don't know what down. I'm doing right now <laughs> I guess it could have been could could very much have been like that yes what stopped you um I, do you know what stopped me I've been reading the forum a lot as I always do yep and I'm very excited about OLED TVs 4k OLED TVs specifically okay and I think by the end of the year, there could be lots of interesting things happening. Mm, well, they'd be cheap enough, but anyway, continue. I don't know. Well, I'm saving that. I had say it's not going to be a small purchase when it happens. Yep. But I th- suddenly thought to myself, do I really want a game in 980.3p or whatever it is? I don't know why I didn't see this entire conversation <laughs> bookending round to 900p Xbox, but... It- just you snuck it up on me. Thanks. For that. You, you so do realise the PlayStation isn't going to do 4K either. None of them I are doing know, 4K. I, I so basically I came to the conclusion I'm going to build a new PC. It's going to be 4K ready, and that also is going to be incredibly expensive. So I need to start saving up from now. Wow, the graphics card alone is going to be more than a console. Mm. Which one of them? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
I am so I only get into touch with uh, graphics cards about once every three years when I need to have an upgrade. Until then, it's just numbers and letters for most of the other times. Yeah. No. So basically, the the crux of what I'm saying is, I think it's going to have to be a two graphics card system. Oh dear God. Keep up. Yeah. So that I'm I'm planning that. I started looking at cases again and getting back into the PC stuff. I'm actually supposed to be a moderator on the PC game forum, but I, I, don't, I mean, I apologise to the other moderators. I don't work anywhere near as hard as I do, but I'm starting to get back into the groove and seeing what people are playing and blah blah blah. So, so, what, so what game have you got targeted for 4K? What what is the one that is going to push over the edge? Be that first one that you run in with max settings enabled. I think it's going to be Fallout 4. Is that really the best use of 4K? It's going to be 4K worth of brown. Mm. It's going to be good, though. Content over colours. Yeah, I I think, look, it's it's kind of... I'm going to do it because I can do it. And I dare say that on a lot of games, I might end up just dropping to... Um, I'm trying to think what 16.9 is. I think 1440p is like a 16.9 res, but it's a, somewhere between the two, basically. And I sort of happy medium between performance and uh, and quality. Do you realise that, unfortunately, PC games these days are just not the fantastic ports they used to be? Um, well, I have been keeping up with Batman. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like every, a lot of games you, are broken. Did, but. did you see um, Niall couldn't even give away his copy of Batman? Is that still... <laughs> I, think it, I think it has since gone, but um, there were no, no takers. Yeah, no it's takers. not great. And it's not, it's not the first, obviously. We, it? Withdrawn from sale, wasn't it? We kind of <laughs> gone into our first story. We, we, withdrawn from sale, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they tried to battle through for about a week, wasn't it, before God. they actually yoinked it. But um, I think this is the first big victory for Steam's refund policy. Um, I think we always knew there was going to be one big game that would collapse in a crumbled heap uh, not too long after launch. But um, yeah, I, I think this like is... I wanted to say that the timing all seemed a bit too perfect with Steam announcing it one month and then literally the next is happening. But if it hadn't have been this game, there's plenty of others that could have fallen into this uh, trap, so to speak, or, or fallen foul of this. I think it just goes to show how often it was happening. Yeah, I, I think beforehand, was it uh, It was Warner Brothers again with Mortal Kombat the month or two beforehand. That, that yep. PC version took a good couple of weeks, good couple of patches to try and get back up to speed. And uh, uh, was Assassin's, Has Assassin's Creed come out yet on PC? Well, Unity was messed up. That's where the whole no face bug came from, was a few PC builds. I mean, it was broken oh, okay. in general, but the PC had the worst of it. Yeah, I... I <laughs> It's it's a times like this you have to really respect people like Rockstar who are adamant that they are going to keep the PC version back to make it as good as can be, make it the best version possible, rather than just trying to throw it out day and date just to try and cash in as soon as possible. Yeah, and- they 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 must really be taking their time with Red Dead. <laughs> <laughs> you still hoping for that? <laughs> give up, mate. Uh, it's it's up. half it's half um, tongue in cheek, half hope. I, I, yeah. But Xbox One backwards compatibility, Red Dead could come back. <laughs> That's true. It's always been a bit too desolate for my uh, for my gaming <laughs> taste, anyway. But oh, where is he, Ben? So what, what's him. what's the uh, yeah? We do miss Ben. Uh, what's, what's the current state then of the, the game? It's still withdrawn from retail. Is that is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I've, um, Warner Brothers have gone on record saying they're trying to fix it as fast as possible, but I think they're now just trying to keep their heads down and. Uh, and sort it out, but uh, for, tell for, me, tell me about the controversy, because there's been some accusations levelled their way. 
Well, I'm not 100% sure of the accusations because I, I don't want to... You can go... Depending on which comments thread you go into, there's a lot of accusations being thrown around. But from what I've read, I couldn't quite believe that the, the, the mismatch between the standards. Because um, I haven't actually played Batman, but I think someone said, like, it's, it's permanently at night and it's permanently raining. But on the PC version, they pretty much turned off the rain, I think, just to try and get a slight performance increase. There's there's massive sections of it either uh, downgraded or just completely turned off to try and get it running at speed, getting to run it at any quality at all. Mm. So you, someone somewhere must have tried to shake their manager by the neck and go, this, this is not up to scratch. This is completely different. We're going to get absolutely vilified when it's... When, just like Listen, while, drawn and quartered. While we've got you here, let's let's talk a little bit about quality control on video games because the average Joe public is not going to understand it or probably even have heard of that term. But of course, with anything, with a movie, with a book, a book gets proofread, a movie gets quality controlled by various different eagle-eyed people that are looking for mistakes and problems or technical faults. And it's no different with video games, right? Yeah, correct. I mean, the, the project I've been working on has been going since last year and pretty much since the word go we've had testers on it just trying to get it uh, as stable as possible because you want to try and find bugs as soon as you can and throughout the entire process there they ramp up so we've got a, an avid band even to this moment sort of testing away trying to uh, eke it um, out to be as smooth as possible find all the, the kinks in the in the surface and they let you know if it's if it's not working if, if there's problems in it um I mean, there's different levels of bugs, and you know you can try and uh, you you try and fix as many as you can, and you try and make it as best as you can. But when the actual quality is so diminished, I think there's going to be questions asked beyond the QA department there, because the developers, the managers, someone must have looked in and went, "This isn't quite up to scratch compared to the console versions." I mean, two, two, a couple of things have leapt out at me um, from what I've read. I don't know whether this is true or not true. But apparently the game was only tested in 720p for the PC version. Wow. Which seems like a massive, massive oversight. And I, I'm not really sure why someone would wantingly do that. No, no. Uh, you, that's, that sounds like bizarre connotations to me. I mean, we've... Um we've just had that PC discussion now about you and your 4K telly and like, you know, you have over 1080p. No, no one in their right mind runs a PC at 720p. Um, this seems like they were always trying to justify it to themselves. I like, go, well, if you set it to this setting with these quality bars, it works. Mm. Anything else is a bonus at that point. Mm. Mm. But uh, Just out of interest as well, while we're on the subject, the guys at uh, Quality Test uh, um, at your place, are they are they temps? Are they full time staff? Is it, have you got a constant crew of testers there? We've um we've got a I get it's probably fair to say that Microsoft has got a constant group and they go to different projects as they see fit. So they're not necessarily uh, from Rare itself, but they are full time testers. This is their job. This is their profession. Because um, I think gone are the days um, where you just get any old Joe in off the streets. It's it's become a proper work schedule. You get given what you're doing for the day. You're running through this area. You're running through this testing pattern. It's not like you're just going to get amateurs just trying to play the game for fun. These people know what they're doing and know how to break games as well. It's fa fascinating because I suppose if you were to stop someone and tell them that 
a job exists where you just test video games. Someone would say that that's a dream job. <laughs> I've I've often said this to some of our testers, and they look at me with <laughs> thousand yard stares, going, "If you want to play the same section over and over again for six months, then you'll feel free, feel free." I wonder what urges them to do it. I wonder if it has ruined video games for them. Although, I mean, I guess they're not. They're only focusing on a certain group or manufacturer in your case rares games so i guess they could still be excited about some new release or something else oh yeah absolutely i mean a um, few of our guys they're, they're they're absolutely avid gamers i mean there's a few of them who just treat it as a job and then go home and have different hobbies in the evening but there's a few who are like as soon as they get home they're onto world of warcraft or as soon as they get home they're onto like call of duty or evolve or something so they are massive gaming fans they just know how to separate the nine to five from the rest of it all uh, yeah, just to round off on Batman. So the the game's been pulled from Steam. Um, have they given an update when it's likely to come back? Or I think I think they're playing it safe now. I think they're basically doing that sort of it'll be ready when it's ready. Because uh, I think the worst thing they can do now is promise something and it not to turn up or turn up and it's half-assed. Um, yeah. If they've got enough damage on that brand, they need to make sure whatever they put out is as is as high a quality bar as they can make. Mm-hmm. But I must say, anyone who's played it on consoles has told me that it's brilliant. So, um, is there a review coming, guys? Is anyone covering it? Mark just finished his review. Okay, it went live uh, yesterday, okay, today cool. actually. Ah, there you go. So, listener, if you're interested to read how the game is on consoles, because I'm sure Mark would have played it on the consoles. Uh, he played it on Xbox One. There you go. Check out check out his review. Oh, should we talk about No Man's Sky? Has anyone, has, has anyone watched this 18-minute clip? I did not manage to. I have watched it all. So, have they... Who's put, who's put this clip out? Has this come from the developers? Uh, this... It's like IGN does this whole IGN first thing where they look at a game in depth for like a month or so and it was the guy Sean from Hello Games sitting down and just sitting there with them for like 20 minutes and just going through and landing on a planet and doing some moment to moment gameplay with them you know I'm guessing to basically combat this what is the game talk that's been Mm. going on for quite a while because every time they do a trailer it's just I can do anything I can go to this planet I can land in atmosphere out atmosphere and there's you don't really get a sense of the moment to moment gameplay if you will and you could always tell that from his presentation at E3. I think he was, you could see on his face that he was getting a bit sick of just saying the same things over and over again, like you can explore planets, it's wonderful variation. There was almost that joyous moment where we go, look guys, combat, combat, we have combat here, combat, yeah. you can stop asking, combat. <laughs> mm, like that, the combat felt really, it, it was almost like there's, there was a meeting within No Man's Sky, it was almost like the Mirror's Edge guys, there was a meeting at some point, it was like, do we want guns, do we not want guns? I feel like they had that meeting in No Man's Sky, and they're like, look, there's too many people asking for it, we have to, at some point, pull a gun up on the screen and do something. Because it, really, it didn't really feel, I don't know, obviously I didn't play it, so when you look at it, it doesn't look very tactile to me, the shooting of things. And he's he's shooting a few animals and he, the, the gun mines like rocks and elements and stuff as well. And you shoot some of these sentinels which come in if you mess with a planet too much, the sentinels will come around and try and take you out. Um, and it all just seemed a little bit fluffy and not very, no weight to it, if you will. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Um, you guys haven't seen the footage yet? Or... I, I've got it playing in the background here. I, I must right. say, I'm not overly convinced that... Um, one extreme to the other in terms of marketing this game is the best foot forward. 
I didn't really need to see like 18 minutes of it. Mm. I just wanted to see a bit more variation in, you know, how it's shown off. Maybe a different trailer of some sort. Just, uh, it's a big ask for me to sit and watch 18 minutes. Um, although I quite like the format of this, um, the way they're sort of sitting and playing this and talking about it. Mm. But I mean, now you've watched it all, what, how would you describe it to someone coming fresh to No Man's Sky? What, what is the draw that you can see for No Man's Sky? This is kind of why I wanted to talk about it because I mean on the show previously we've said that we were all like super happy with it and I think it was it E3 or some of the showing when it when it first got announced we were in love with it and I don't know if I've called but I, my perspective might be different now because I've been playing Elite as well um, and those those two games are very very similar they're coming at the same not problem, but sort of design aspects in two different ways. Like Elite is very realistic, when you say realistic and inverted commas sort of thing. Um, whereas No Man's Sky, you know, it's colourful, it's all, you know, the the table of elements is, is fantastically weird and stuff, and it's clearly an alien world. Whereas Elite is trying to put you in our universe, and it's doing a lot of stuff with real science and real planets. And Haven't we had this conversation before? It's... Um it's uh, it's deep impact to Armageddon. Yeah. And it's uh, Dante's peak to uh, that whatever the other movie was. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. They're two sides of the same coin. Um, but as far as No Man's Sky goes, I don't know. I, I think I'm not sure whether I've called on it or I'm now just fulfilling that part of me with Elite. So now No Man's Sky has lost a bit of its shine for me. Sure. Um, I think I think a lot of people. The problem with the trailers is everybody's like it's like you're waiting for the beat to drop with No Man's Sky. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah. you're you're up. You're like this is great. This is great. When's when's it gonna hit me? When's 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 the No Man's Sky goodness gonna hit me? But it's never gonna hit you. It's like mm. Elite. I'm not saying Elite's better. That it's the same. It's never gonna hit you. You have to just be content to be in this world and be a space truck driver. I right. I wonder if it's gonna suffer though because all this is going along because if we look back at see how minecraft came about minecraft almost evolved it was this almost experimental little open world thing that started very very um small and just grew through word of mouth whereas this this has had all the coverage all the 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 conference time thrown at it and there's that weight of expectation just sitting on it whereas you think if they'd have just released it as, I don't know, the the um, early access, the beta, the alpha, or something, and just grown organically, um, it might have served itself better because there would have been, um, I, I guess, no one would have been expecting anything. But the fact that Sony keep putting their weight behind it, the fact it keeps appearing on IGN, seem to be doing a lot on this. I think over the course of the last year, I almost feel that it's like, yes, look at the world, right. We've got our player base on it now. What do they want? How are they using this world? How can we grow it? Yeah. The fact they're trying to put it all together from the word go makes me worry slightly. It's, I, I guess another comparison is almost back to the early open world days when you know the, the technical marvel of just simply having an open city that you could drive or run around in was enough for most people. And we've gone beyond just a city or, you know, Arkham's three islands or, you know, even GTA's mass area. And now we've gone from a planet to a solar system to a universe. And the problem with all these open world areas is how would you fill it? And looking at strange dinosaurs will keep me going for a certain amount of time, but it's it's not going to last forever. Do you know what's a very interesting idea? Are you saying that potentially um, someone like Notch, for example, let's say Minecraft... Minecraft may never have been as big a franchise or as important as it is now if it hadn't just been out there and he 
got feedback and be able to make changes week by week and put new builds out there. Oh yeah, that's a legitimate development process, I guess. It makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, and I I think the success of uh, Minecraft is what's pretty much spawned the 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 mass access to early access and why everyone wants in it because it's not only the fact that you get an injection of cash early on, but you also going back to our conversation on testers you get a lot more testers on it you get more feedback and you know not everyone's suggestion is going to be correct or the the way the game should go but the more people you can get playing there and maybe feeding into the community or or seeing how the community interacts that is absolute gold for games like these that just live and die on the interactions of the players i think it's weird though cuz they they drop their name drop in minecraft a lot because um, I think it's it's just the easiest way to explain to yeah. people some of the philosophies of the game, and it's it's an easy touchstone that everybody can kind of relate to. But at, it's not exactly like Minecraft. It's there's not a great deal of craft. You know, Minecraft you go and you might never leave. You know, the the x by x square that you spawn in, and you'll just spend all of your time building and collecting resources in that particular place. And and it's all about what you're creating. Whereas No Man's Sky, you're not really creating anything. Okay, you're probably upgrading your ship and following an upgrade path and getting bigger and better stuff, but it's not like you can say, oh, come and have a look at what I've done in No Man's Sky. You can name stuff, and if you discover stuff, which is entirely possible, I mean, like Elite, because of the procedural generation, I mean, the numbers are ridiculous. 18 quintillion planets? I mean, what does that number even mean? I mean, it's absolutely nothing to nobody, but it does mean that you can discover stuff and name stuff in the game and that sort of stuff. But like you say, how how quickly is it going to get boring? Just like, right, going to planet, oh, look at weird planet, find stuff, leave planet, go to next planet. And you can do some trading, but we haven't re- I haven't really seen a great deal on the trading. The combat seems a little bit sketchy. Um, it all just seems, I don't know if there's any depth there at the moment. That's the real question I have. It feels like we've written this game off. It's almost a problem of the the modern era, though, where the exposure can kill a game before it's gone. If this had uh, if this had just been like here at E three, look under your chairs, there's a copy. I think everyone would have gone nuts for it. But there's mm. that as, there were the questions about it, like what is it, what is it, what is it, and they lasted for a year. Mm. And of course, that time you're never going to get an answer that satisfies twelve months worth of hype for it. I think to me, it's not that I've written it off. I think it, it has come down to it's the same sort of question like conversation we can have with shooters. It's like Call of Duty Battlefield, which one do you like? Like one's slightly more realistic and one's more arcadey. No Man's Sky feels like an arcadey version of Elite. Yes. Yeah. It's, so so um, it's like it's gonna be another year probably before it's out. So will you have got your elite fix out of the way? Is is that enough time? Because for me I only play about one shooter a year for that very reason. I don't want to play shooter after shooter. So if you have your space sim give it 12 months, would you still go for it then? I, I don't know. And that's that's a question I can't answer. Because the, the problem with Elite is, it it is the equivalent of, it's so nerdy, but I go into Elite and, you know, I do my pre-flight checklist. I take up my landing gear. I, <laughs> you know, it's like little things. Whereas, you know, I've got my landing gear up. I use my thrusters to go up. I, I match my mm. rotation with the space station. I leave. I hit super flight. Then I hit hyper cruise. I slow down. I come in at the star. Like, it's really nerdy, like, science-y kind of realism type stuff. And then I watch a No Man's Sky video and he's like, right, we're going to leave the planet. He presses a button and his player just hops into the plane and the plane takes off and is in the atmosphere. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like that's I don't I wanna I wanna try more than that. Like 
I want to retract my landing gear. I want to, you know, fly at a star in gravity, speed me up and fly me off past it because the gravity pulled me in and threw me out again on a slingshot and I didn't intend that to happen, you know? Like, I think for me, uh, as what I'm finding is maybe I'm more of a hardcore kind of science-y sim type of person when it comes to this sort of game, No Man's Sky is kind of not really filling any of that for me. But for other people who just want a casual get in, press buttons, fly, discover stuff, then it might be, it might be fine. That was our monthly update. <laughs> no Man's Sky. It needs its own jingle, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> um, what, what, what do we feel like delving into next? Um, I mean, Destiny's kind of a hot topic for you guys. I, should, I feel like I should just throw the Destiny grenade in the room and run. <laughs> I'll be back in 15 minutes. You can be the, you can be the normality sort of sensor on this. Okay. We can right. get your take on, because like, I, I doubt you've heard anything about what's I, happened. I, I have not. I know you've started this thread. Tell us about your thread. Okay, so first we'll give you a little bit of background, a, a slight Destiny history lesson, okay? So <laughs> we've, got, we've got Destiny, we like Destiny, it's great, it's great gameplay, um, maybe there wasn't so much content. They put out two expansion packs which were part of the, ex, the um, season pass, they were let's say 20 quid each, okay, just for the sake of argument, could be cheap if you bought the season pass, but anyway, new DLC called The Taken King, is coming along. They've announced what was in it. Um, there is some content in there. It might not be the most content. But there has been... The way they packaged it was was a big problem. Um, it was more expensive than the other stuff, if you look at it content for content-wise. And they had this collector's edition, which had the base game, all the DLC that came before this, the new content, and some exclusive content, which you couldn't get unless you bought this, which was everything. Oh my goodness, I've just seen the price. What? <laughs> yes, so and it comes down to stupid stuff like emotes and dances, which there aren't many of in, in the game, and people covet them. And if you, if you were a long-time Destiny player and wanted that, you would essentially have to rebuy everything you, you bought to get that. But we're, we're quite late on this, so that's not the case anymore. Now you can just spend 20 quid, which is still ridiculous. So tw- 20 quid for three emotes. <laughs> three new sets of colour for your armour. And a cape, pretty much. $20 yeah. for a dance, a colour, and a hat. And you've got to bear in mind, this was a response to the internet blowing up because Luke Smith from Bungie went on and was just like, listen, dude, we got you by the balls. We know you're going to buy you're gonna buy this. <laughs> Essentially, it was just... I think he was having a bit of a joke with the interviewer, but, you know, he just got taken for a ride, basically. Oh, um, it's... it's- it's the classic thing of when you write something down, it does not have the same context as sarcasm face to face. This because yeah. I remember Luke Smith from his uh, one up days he used to love mm. seeing his, his stuff on video and on podcasts. But he, you can see how he could easily rub someone up the wrong way or be misconstrued when when written down because he's uh, he's he's a personality to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Um, and well, basically the internet blew up, and then they went, okay, okay, sorry, sorry, here you go. You can buy it separately, not reduce the price. It was essentially exactly the same, except we're just not making you buy all your content again, but we're still making you pay 20 quid for basically nothing. It was an apology with a profit for the company. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, so I guess I just wanted to speak to James about that because I know you're quite into Destiny. I thankfully just didn't get addicted to it somehow. I don't know why. But I, I have actually now, I'm clean. I'm, I'm clean of Destiny for a couple of months now. Um, Interesting. The... Um, 
it got to the point where I just caught myself and I was doing the same thing over and over again. And I think, it, to be honest, my feelings haven't really changed since the Game of the Year discussion way back when. I think it is a fantastic core of the game, but there's still a missed opportunity in the way that it was actually presented. But the the, the ex- expansion packs for me were the, the part that saved it because of the, the big quests, the big raids, um, the, the huge social gatherings that you could get around these marquee DLC pieces were absolutely fantastic. I think they, they made so much more than con- what was in the, the original box itself, which is why I'm even more disappointed that this DLC for 20 quid, which previously would get you a six-man raid and a whole new load of quests, it's... It just is taking the mickey something rotten, I feel, at this point in time. For all those players, and there's a load of people sort of work who are absolutely obsessed and dedicated to it because they find it a great social experience of jumping on friends at night just so they can go and uh, shoot things together. It's almost just like a, a lobby where you happen to have some action in the background. They can just chat. But they just seem to be taking people for a ride with this pricing. I think they designed it that way. This is the thing. I, at, the, at the beginning, I think we all just thought, oh, there's not as much content as we thought. It took them a long time to build all of this, and you know, it'll all come in the end. But I think now we're beginning to see that Destiny was designed to extract money from people. It really was. Why, isn't it, why was it not just a subscription service? Why, yeah. why have they decided to go for full price game? And the numbers are, I mean, if you basically want to buy everything that Destiny has, then you spent what, 140 quid, is it? Or 100 quid or, or something, base game, plus two expansion packs, plus this. Yeah. You're looking at 100 yeah. plus quid, which is good for the amount of content. I mean, you can do the you can do the hours I've played to pound ratio, which a lot of people like to do to make themselves feel better. I mean, I used to do that with Call of Duty. And they, they basically had free access to my wallet at some point when they were pumping out Modern Warfare <laughs> 2 maps and stuff. Like, it was, it was ridiculous. But this really is... It's almost like it's like they've created a product which people really love and really want and just want to get into and then just constantly dangle dangle bits of content in front of them for more and more money. More and more I, money. I think what's made it worse, though, because it wasn't just this in isolation. This was the time... I, I, this was about the time the, the story broke about them putting XP upgrades and quest items on cans of Red Bull. <laughs> which, I mean, I know like video game Bungie, especially with Halo in the past, have had association with Dorito and fizzy drinks, but... Um, when you actually have quests on a fizzy drinks can, that that goes a little too far. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit ridiculous. I guess it's just the philosophy. It's just the their players are really passionate. Like Destiny players are super into it. If you go into the forums, people are all over that game. They absolutely love it. But at the same time, it's this really reluctant. Like, oh, I don't want to give them money, but. I kind of have to because there's nothing else to do in Destiny and I really want to keep playing Destiny. It's that disconnect, disconnection from the art and the creator where like, I dislike Orson Scott Card, but his books are kind of good, man. It's, it's, it's very interesting, <laughs> the split in this thread between people that feel they've got value for money irrespective of the cynical um, pricing strategy. Yeah. People so I, are still happy to say they've got value for money just because of the amount of time that they've sunk into it. But I can see that argument. Like I've I've made that argument, and I I honestly didn't create that thread to to use in the podcast. But I was actually genuinely interested whether people were just ha- were just fine with it. They were just you know because there's, there's there is a certain level of you know a man on the street buys Destiny, plays it, puts more money into it, thinks well yeah I've spent a hundred quid, but it's my one game for the year, so. I don't. I don't really care. Whereas you know, I've spent God knows how much money on ten games this year. So it's it's all about what's relevant to you and how you want to spend your money. But 
this just it seems so in your face bold face cheek I, I, I think it's that might be a bit harsh on it to be honest because the the two DLC packs prior to this I think were really good value for money for twenty dollars you got you know or whatever the English equivalent was because I bought the special edition early on so it knows um they were they actually gave you a huge chunk of content I think the single player modes and the quests and the the the, the raids and everything else I think they gave exactly what you wanted this just seems like a snafu that was made because people reacted to the the, the Luke's comments I. I th- personally, I think it should be like $5 and be done with it. They're obviously just trying to chance their arm here with, with people. But um, this I think up until now, it's been fine. This this is the first blip in the in the road uh, that's, I think, made me really doubt about their, their strategy. But I'm hoping it's just because it's a knee-jerk one rather than the, a long-thought-out plot. I say, it's also the devaluation of their old content as well because they made... You kind of think, like, buying the season pass or buying stuff on year one... You might be making a saving or whatnot, but essentially with this, they've just gone, right, that's worth X amount now, and we're making you pay slightly more for this new content. There's no, there's no, there's no consistency to what you're getting with these packs. It really is just whatever they feel like packaging them or whatever they feel like pricing you to. Call of Duty at least got to a point where it was like $15, three maps. Or fifteen quid, three maps, five or yeah. a map. Like you got into the you knew what you were getting, and even to this day with a Call of Duty map pack, it's four maps weapon. You know, it's, it's very consistent, whereas this, even up to it, it was like, right, are we having a strike? Are we having a raid? Is there more single-player content? It's it's very nebulous, and I, I'm just not a fan. I'm, I'm very glad I didn't really get that into Destiny. I think it's a great game, like, mechanically, but I would hate to be trapped in its clutches and have this dilemma of wanting not wanting to give them money, because I really don't want to give them money for this. I just don't want this strategy to succeed. Can, can anyone be surprised, though? I mean, Activision really have been exploring these models for years and years and years and when we knew destiny was on its way and it was talked about this 10-year plan was it ever going to be anything other than a cash cow i i was quite surprised about how restrained they've been i think um because with all the the shaders and with all the armors and uh especially like the, the loot drops you could see of a million ways of how if they really wanted to they could nickel and dime their users for, you know, maybe percentage drop-up increases or this new colour that can only be got this way or this new new gun that can only do this. I think they've actually kept a reasonable arm's length and, and kept it to a traditional model of, here's a batch of DLC, here's a batch of DLC. Ah, but isn't that the trick, though? You can't just go and do something completely wild and extreme in one go. You've got to build up to it. So you're saying Destiny 2 is going to be the, the free-to-pay... I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if um, it took another step closer and they didn't even go that far with Destiny 2. It was just a slow journey towards this thing. In the same way, everyone says that Apple were trying to merge all of their um, platforms, iOS and the desktop and so on and so forth. It's all a gradual thing of this convergence. Maybe that's the same strategy here. And they know that no one would ever jump for it just like that first time of asking it takes time to get people to come around to and ease into um this new way of 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 rinsing us money i don't think there's a new way that's the thing i don't think they're they're trying to get to a subscription service i think they've done some sums and like this is better than a subscription service yeah yeah and it is i mean uh, also 
World of Warcraft and the Star Wars um, subscription models, they've all kind of faded of late anyway. I don't think there's anything. Is there any game out there at the moment that's making a real good go of subscription models? I think they all tend to last for about six months, then switch free to play. Just yeah. try and grab the money while they can early on, and then try and figure out a new way to. Uh, what are the big online games right now? League of Legends. That's yeah, free to Mobas, play, right? Mobas are doing well, aren't they? Yeah, right. they're all they're all free to play. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I guess I just, I'm just not. I'm not a fan. And and this is a problem. I love Bungie. I I really love the stuff that they've done in the past, obviously with Halo. And I feel like Destiny, it's, it's just got everything that I want. Um, I'm almost happy that there's not really much of a single player because that really would kind of hurt me because I love like Bungie single player and that sort of stuff. But it's just so sad. It's just, it's just uh, I don't know, seeing the business so out front, I don't, that's not how I think of games. I know they're a business, but at least put a bit of a smoke screen in front of it. I, I, I think time has mellowed me with Destiny. I, I can remember when I first quit, I was quite angry at it how it had sucked a lot of my life away without giving me too much in return but i think in hindsight i i I enjoyed what i did with it and all i hope is that behind the scenes you have got in the same way that um i guess odst was created by a sub team within bungie while everyone else went on to do reach i hope that there is a there is basically a maintenance team that's looking after uh destiny part one and in the background, they're learning all their lessons and they're putting all the complaints to bed and doing a proper Destiny 2 for release next year sometime. If they don't, that's when I'm going to be very disappointed. Listen, if you're interested in the thread, it is on the Xbox One forums. Um, hop into the games forum and there's a little sub forum for Destiny. You'll find the thread in there. Do you know how much he makes a year? PewDiePie. Guess how much he made last year. Take a guess. Seven million, isn't it? 7.5. 7.5. Dollars, we should say. Yes. Oh, well, no. it's, it's not worth getting out of bed for. Hang no. on, wasn't it? Or was it 7.5 Swedish money? Swe- <laughs> what's, what's, Swedish? Or something like that. Um, hold on. Krona? Euros? Krona, no. Hold on. I'm sure it's in dollars because it's a story that's sort of emanated out of the US, so they're going to quote it in... Yeah, it is in dollars, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he makes 7.5 million a year I think it's less although the fact that PewDiePie makes that money is I, uh, it depends on your perspective on his content and if you like it then so be it but it's more that that is a number that could be made from somebody streaming video games that is the story I think like when, when does the ceiling stop how big is this going to get I, is is it more a case that PewDiePie is the is the ceiling? Like this is this is the absolute upper limit because there are hundreds of thousands of people trying to do let's plays and most only get like a small handful of views and you just get a few of these personalities who have made it big out of their well literally personality their entertainment factor and they've 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 earned their success because they have proven to be an entertainer a quality presenter that uh, draw people to their channels. Have you seen PewDiePie? I haven't. No. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Be under no illusions. You know, this is the new way of delivering a show. You know, you can totally set up, get a channel going, market it, and aim to make X amount of money within a few years. If you have a strategy, you could do it for sure. Mm. Yeah, and I think this is almost just like that first shot across the bow that people are waking up to it. You know, there must be people within sky within bbc within loads of media um centers going we there's money here 
we can do something with this. Well, I, I, I make my living in video production. I have a company which has been running about four or five years, and we've been trying to surf the crest of a wave, which is this new demand for video. Everybody wants it now. Every marketing department at every company wants to have a conversation about their video strategy. And one of my big clients puts on media festivals all over the world where they're talking directly to marketers and, um, and media people from huge big corporations. And everyone is saying the same thing. You know, video just drives content. It drives your brand. And they're always trying to come up with new and clever ways to to get video out there so you know the whole viral video um craze you know none of this stuff is by accident and so many of these videos are put out there by brands or subtly involved or sometimes they're even just happy for it to be out there without them being obviously part of it but it all drives traffic for them so listen this guy's made seven million dollars i i think that's just the tip of the iceberg i think he could go on to make loads of nice it's all about how he grows and progresses you know people yeah. are going to want to see the quality grow and hopefully he's got the money to invest back into his well he has got the money to invest back into his channel now you know get some nicer cameras maybe get some more editors involved and you could be putting out content daily and then that's when he starts pulling away you know the more advertising revenue you're making the more cash that's going to come back to you. So. I wonder if this is like the next version of Penny Arcade, because I can remember reading Penny Arcade. Have they been going like almost fifteen years? But you know, it was it was when the two of them were doing it out of their bedroom pretty much, and it it was just two gamers who were making comics. And now they've got the charity. They've got countless packs that go on all around the world. I, I don't know how profitable they are, but whatever they do, they are using the brand and using their money to actually turn it into either more content or, or more activities more events so whether it either creates more money or brings people more back to the site that's a growth that i wonder if pewdiepie may not be having you know the pewdiepie con next year or what have <laughs> you but it's the start of a media empire at that point in time because he's already pulled away from youtube i think hadn't he or is it i think he pulled away when youtube started to impose far more restrictions but his name, in the same way like Taylor Swift's name, they could probably get stuff done. They can bring in other people. They can create their own channel that will then generate more. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a producer like Jonathan Ross in a few years' time and handling the generation of more content of other YouTubers. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's all about how quickly he can mature and how entrepreneurial he can be and you know whether he even gets bored at it you know some people yeah. can get a check for seven million dollars and get, suddenly get very distracted especially at the age um at the age that yeah is you know i, I want to see how he matures and how his content matures because i think this is the, the problem with like this crowdfunding thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be and i'm inverted commas in this good to be massively successful. It kind of just has to have like a random element to it. And his videos are very weird and funny and kind of a niche kind of sense of humor that personally I don't find particularly amusing, but clearly several 34 million people have many yeah, people but, subscribe uh, to how, his channel How do. old, what's the average age of those 34 is, million people? This is it though. I'd imagine it, I would say it skews low. So it, this is and how And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong no. with that. That's, that. that's good. That's that's how he's made his money because he's engaged in that audience, in that niche, if we can even call it that. And I'm doing the inverted commas thing, listener. You know, it, it, if he is the main man for that age group, 
can he keep it going can he mature with them and grow with them and crucially expand it to an even broader age range and that's what I want to see like there isn't a lot of I mean I watch a lot of YouTube I watch a lot of like Let's Plays and all that sort of stuff and and there are some shows which kind of appeal to me but the big like smash hit ones like the PewDiePie's and the top 10 generally I look at them and I think I feel old when when I watch them and like this content isn't aimed at me although it's not that I'm not interested in it it's just that it hasn't matured enough like and it's it's almost like sometimes you know you get if you talk to people about a game who don't know about a game and they, they they think that it's just kids and stuff and if you looked at this sort of thing like I wouldn't want to show somebody who doesn't know about gaming and introduce them to gaming by showing them a PewDiePie video yeah like that wouldn't that doesn't represent me yeah and I I wouldn't want it to yeah. and I'm kind of waiting for the content to catch up with my sensibilities how many how many YouTube subscriptions do you have I'm intrigued to know let's see uh, how many of us are sort of well tuned into this. And it's kind of a loaded question because I know how many I've got. I, I'll be honest, I've only got about six or seven. I know I know what I like and I stick to those channels. But I, I don't want, watch a mass amount of telly. So um, it's I've almost I watch as much telly as I do YouTube and it's it's thin. Just have something on in the background. What does it tell you? If I go to manage subscriptions, is that going to tell me? Yeah. 41, apparently. 41. So I've got 238. What? Wow. That seems like a lot to manage. <laughs> now, I, I've lent into YouTube a lot. Now, it won't be a surprise because that's how I earn my living through video and it's something I'm very tuned into. Not necessarily because I'm putting videos on YouTube, I'm not, but what I'm saying is I'm aware of it and we're aware of it as a platform. So how do you filter that? How, When you come to sit down on an evening and go, I want to see something on YouTube, which of your 240 channels do you decide <laughs> to watch? So I'm, I'm in the habit of every evening... My wife and I watch a movie or catch up on some TV shows and then we'll go to bed and I'll watch YouTube on my iPad and I'll catch up on my subscriptions. And I reckon I can get through all of the ones from that day just sitting there. Not everyone's going to upload. Some of the channels are dead. They don't still have content going out every week or or every day, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I always stay on top of it. And sometimes, you know, it, you kind of drift off, but you don't watch every episode of Letterman or whatever. So it, it's it's not really a big deal. Um, but some of the channels that are on there are putting really good quality stuff. There's a couple of car review channels. And um, I'm obviously into a lot of video cameras and stuff. So there's a lot of uh, channels that are focusing on video production. And just the the quality that you get on there now is as good as anything you'd see on television. But a lot of people keep it down to that 10 minute runtime, which is almost that sort of perfect bite sized chunk of content. They don't have to because YouTube's lift, lifted the um, the restrictions if you've got a certain amount of views or something. I don't know. Uh, but I, for, for me, it just seems like the right, the right runtime, you know? And, and it's, it conforms to your lifestyle. Like, Exactly. I know there's a lot of like on-demand stuff and you can record stuff, but this literally is, you know, any device, I've got my phone, I've got my tablet, I'm in front of my Xbox and my TV, I'm like, I'm upstairs on the Google TV, like, anywhere I'm at, I can just be like, oh, hit a YouTube video, like, waiting for the bus in, you know, any time, I can just hit up a YouTube video and pull it up, and, that, and that's great, it's, it's absolutely fantastic, and I don't really watch TV anymore, so I agree, I agree with you, like, PewDiePie has, I think the limit is, is just endless. Yeah, because it's it's how many people are there on the planet, and, and he's, how many people have an internet connection. He's he's the top end guy, so he's making he's himself is making seven and a half million dollars, and he's the top YouTuber. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. So it's not 
it's not Hollywood levels of money. You know, it's not the kind of money that like someone like David Letterman, who had one of the most popular TV shows of all time in the US, he would, would have been on a far, far higher sums of money than that. So it's not like these people are suddenly, you know, big in the entertainment scene. Um, but would you, if someone said to you, you can make an extra 20, 30 grand a year just by putting out one video a week, I think you'd be you'd lean into that, no? Yeah, that's and that's the thing. I think a lot of people are kind of you know if they if they can just skim a little bit off it, then they can give up their day job. Which more power to you if you think that's what you want to do. But I don't know it's it's interesting evolution of, of the way we're consuming this content. It's, it's fascinating. It's it is mm. fascinating, and uh, we haven't even touched on what the kids like or what what he does. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even watch his clips. I, I, I do. I I think you should you should watch because you're gonna go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have heard stories. Don't get me wrong. I have, uh, have really heard are. stories. I'm not going I'm, into I'm, this thing blind. Yeah, I'm queuing him up for as soon as we finish the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're going to regret it. Who knows? <laughs> I, I might even might even add him to my subscriptions. Oh, you won't. Trust me. <laughs> but anyway. And for those of you interested, listener, AV Forums does have a YouTube channel. Um, we don't really put out gaming content on there anymore. I used to some years ago, but it was a bit of a, a drain on my on my time Um, but all the podcasts go out on there there's tons of av stuff and tv reviews if you're like me and looking at a uh, 4k oled panel for the end of the year uh, i highly suggest you um subscribe to the to the channel and keep on top of what's what's hot and what's not uh so i one of the few games i've actually managed to get to grips with this year is splatoon and I played it at the conventions last year, played it at Gamescom, played it at Eurogamer, and it worked really well in that environment where everyone's really looking forward to playing the games, so they're completely hyped when they pick it up, and it's it's colourful, it's fun, it's, it was something different. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's effectively a, an online shooter, except rather than having to kill the other players, you just have to cover the entire world in paint, and whoever's team covers the world in paint most wins. Simple. Um, and so I thought about getting it, and when I first picked it up, it was a bit sparse, to say the least. And it was I was a bit fearing for its future, because it launched with like three maps and just one mode. But what they've done is actually, I think, really clever. Um, so over the course of the last month, month and a half, I forget when it came out, each week they've released new guns, new modes, new maps, uh, to the point where last weekend they actually um, had a splat fest. So all the community who play it got to choose whether they preferred pop or rock. And then over the course of the weekend, those two teams would do battle um, with the winner being declared on the Monday. Almost like the old um, voting stuff that the Wii had it on its um, on its dashboard, like the surveys. But you actually got to do it with paint guns this time around. Um, but... What I think is most incredible about this is it's not that they were drip-feeding you and trying to charge you for it. All this content was actually already on the disc, and so they were slowly unlocking it as time went by, almost as if they knew, like, going, oh, okay, after a week, we think people are going to be bored of this mode, so let's give them a new gun. Let's give them a new map to learn. Maybe that will reinvigorate things. Let's give them a new mode. And I just think it's actually a real clever way of trying to keep an online community... Um, functioning and engaged beyond that initial launch period because I can't imagine anyone like Call of Duty or Battlefield ever doing something like this without a dollar sign yeah. in front of it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's like a proper strategy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nintendo have never had the the, the most um, 
head for business when it comes to online communities. So to actually see this approach was not only refreshing, but actually really surprising because it, it worked on me. Usually, I mean, the, the last time I really played an online shooter to death was back in Halo 3 days. And um, since then, I've probably played them for the week they've come out and then got onto other things or got bored, has got my ass kicked um, time and time again. But this, I just keep wanting to go back and say, okay, let's see what this new gun does. Because they're all, it's not like an M4 versus an AK-47. They're all weird and wacky and wonderful things, um, like paint bombs or like a, a, a fast, uh, just a DACA gun. Um but each of them have got their own little quirks, but and each of them make you want to go back and just see how they mix up the formula somewhat. I love the idea of uh, people voting and then just splitting them off into teams. I think that's a great idea. I think it works yeah. for the the type of game Splatoon is. If it's it's quite different, it's not your average shooter, so it's easy to be quite overwhelmed with it. I'd imagine when you first start in it and playing it in such a weirdly different way. But if you've only got a small sort of sliver to get to grips with, and then it kind of broadens and gets bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes on it's just easier to grasp i would imagine what would you have voted pop or rock rock obviously no i was i was in the rock camp as well i think <laughs> really? about i thought you might have been in pop actually i just a bit I, of carly ray jepson uh... i may have been playing crypt of the necrodancer degree but <laughs> i think i would have voted pop ridiculous yeah. I, I think most it was a weird way i think three quarters of the community went rock in the end um this weekend no next weekend's is sleeping versus eating <laughs> okay so you see they're taking it very seriously who won <laughs> who won because I, I would say rock would have won pop versus rock uh, rock did but i yeah. think it was only by a couple of percent so really? like 52 to 48 or something like that interesting so. i mean presumably sleeping versus eating should be fairly cut and dry already should be eating i would have thought so no, sleeping. We'll decide this on the battlefield. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Leon, is it that time of the pod where you don't even try and hide that you're playing a video game? Shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to swear. <laughs> sorry. Was I'm it flash, flash, it sounds like Flash Flash Revolution. Can you, can you tell? <laughs> no. I thought there was a hot trade going on in Leet. It's, um, it was F1, actually, but... F1. Sorry. Well, well. Sorry, I just can't get away with it now, can I? It reminds me, how's your car? Why are you got to bring it up for? You know it hasn't changed. You know it's still got a dent in the back of it from earlier. It hasn't changed. Visiting grandma's that. house, takes a little donk. Are you just trying to make me sad again? You, re you reminded me when you, you mentioned F1. Right, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I dented my car this, today. It was, it was good times. Wall jumped out at you, did it? <laughs> you're determined to make me real of this aren't you you're not going to let me let it go Lisa thanks for joining us on the podcast we always appreciate you uh, tuning in downloading and spending an hour of your life <laughs> with us if you have the time please swing by iTunes and give us a, a five star rating uh, and also if you'd like to add any comments or feedbacks swing by our thread which is on the forums um, I always check the, the comments maybe I'm just a bit of a narcissist <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I like to pretend that it's me um looking out for uh for your feedback um positive or negative comments we, we welcome them all uh the guys are on the weekly podcast that comes out every wednesday i think i know i ask that every month uh join phil steve mark and ed and other mark um and get all your movies and hardware news and banter and we'll be back next month for the August edition. Christ. Where, Time flies. Where does the year go? 
It's going to be back to Game of the Year soon. We will be. God, yeah, that's crazy. I might even have uh, a console or a PC by then. Who knows? You'll have an Xbox One <laughs> Maybe. because we'll be two weeks away from Gears of War. Mm, okay, that's Catmug's pigeon. Although that is coming out on the PC though, right? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> we'll do it in 4K. Can you cross-platform uh, co-op? No. I mean, I'd offer to get an Xbox One to co-op with you, but I know you'd make loads of excuses because I'd be terrible and you'd be having to come and revive me every two minutes and you'd get annoyed with me. <laughs> Maybe so. I know you'd be that guy. Uh, okay, well, massive thanks to, to you, Leon. Good night. Good luck with your car. And <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> and a fist bump to James. Thank you. And we will catch you all next month. I hopefully have Mark back. Yeah. it's actually been quite good isn't it (laughs) quite good there's been no monologues (laughs) we miss you Mark that's when the meat happens